here we are again, and I say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to all of you who are here with me today. I welcome you again to Wow What a Show. This is the uh, podcast, our outreach from Rehoboth Institute of the Arts, and we are so always excited to come and to share some time with those of you who have become a part of our uh, faithful and and a part of our experience with the Lord. Um, my name is Phyllis and I am the host. Uh, I am in the process of trying to upgrade the audio, but tonight I am also not using the Bluetooth. For some reason, it did not connect. So what I've learned is that if I go back and connect it, it will not um, connect, and I'll have to disconnect from here. So I don't want to do that. I'm just going to keep talking and ask the Lord to make it what it ought to be. Well, good evening, Light Touch. So far, it's just the two of us. And I want to start with the heavens declare the glory of God, that uh, the firmament shows forth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech and night unto night knowledge. That's a powerful, that, that, that psalm really for me is, is very powerful. It says so much. We are exposed to who God is. And when we look around and we behold the universe as we do, we know that there is a greater than ourselves and that he is real that there are elements of God's creation that are totally out of our control, even though he's given us much to control, mostly ourselves, if we would just be so diligent. But um, with with that, we, we uh, recognize that God is. And it is written again in Hebrews that if we believe that he exists, that he is, um, that he rewards us if we do diligently seek him. Tonight, I just want to go uh, rather hurriedly. I don't think we're going to be here a very long time because I am planning for future podcasts that I'm preparing for. And uh, we had a hiccup in the pre- presenting one, right? And that was the uh, heavy storm watch that came last week and inter- intervened in our plan. So that still has to happen. And the uh, pastor, whose name is Pastor Sidney Kudup, lives a distance from me. And I connect with him through a friend who lives yet a distance from me. So I have to wait on them to get things done, and I don't mind at all. Well, Miss Light Touch, I want you to really spend a lot of time with me tonight, uh, if you will. You could come up and sit in the co-host seat if you like, if you send the invitation We'll see how that works out. I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, as I said, my headphones didn't connect tonight, so we may have a bit of cyber interference. Um, but if I go out and connect them again, then what we will have is a disconnect. So I'm just going to forge on. And if you send that invitation, I will gladly uh, allow you to come up and we just talk together tonight, Gabs. I would love that. So tonight I am, I'm, uh, thinking on, on a question that I heard on, um, TV. I was watching a cute little, you know, what is it? It was called, um, accidental, 
accidentally falling in love or something like that, right? When I'm sitting by myself and I just want to relax, I'll watch something. And I don't kind of like to watch the frivolous. Send it again, Gabs. I did uh, send it, light touch. Okay, good. All righty. So thank you. Say something, Gabs. Well, you know, we always have a bit of trouble hearing you because you talk so well. I I really didn't hear you that time. What did you say? I got it turned up as loud as I can. Wow. We're really going to have to work on it. And I am working on it. I'm trying to buy equipment. And thanks to all of those who give, I'm buying equipment because you need a mic. You really do. And you need headphones. You really do. Um, because you're very low. And when I listened back to Anna's uh Cass, I could tell what everyone was saying when they said they couldn't hear her, right? Because she was very low and I had to turn her up on my computer so I could hear her. Even though in the headphones, I hear her just fine. But we'll move along. And if you'll just stress a little bit to, you know, to speak louder. But then I want to start with this question that I heard on TV, right? And then we'll talk a bit. So the question came, have you ever been in love? One man talking to another man, right? This young guy who's just fallen in love with young lady. He's just realizing how much he really, really likes her. So he says, have you ever been in love? And the older gentleman answers three times, married four. When I heard that, I I got tickled, but I also said that was the wrong answer. He didn't understand what the question was, which, of course, I suppose in our present day, When we say we've fallen in love with someone, what we're really saying is that we have been greatly attracted to someone and we would like their attentions and we'd like to spend time with them. And we might even want to uh, create a relationship that is more intimate. And so we may get married like this man, three times married four. So he was in love more times than he was married, which was very strange. And it leaves you me thinking, well, did he marry somebody he was in love with or did he marry someone that he wasn't in love? Did he marry someone that he actually wasn't in love with? So that's, we don't know because he didn't tell us that, right? But that's, that's what I was thinking when I heard it. And I was thinking also what little he understands about love, if he could say such a thing. We love many people. Uh, In fact, you know, we should love everyone according to our faith because God loves all people. But when it comes to commitment and marriage, we really should in a lifetime love just one. Uh, Unless, of course, there is a breach in that relationship that allows for a switch up, right? But truly, love is more binding than uh, frivolous. It is more binding than it is fickle. And so we shouldn't be in and out of love, right? Um, and, and so I decided that I would use that question or base tonight's discussion on that question. And my question to you, Gabs, if you will join me right now, is what was wrong with that answer based on your understanding of your experience with God? 
what was wrong with the answer. Have you fallen in love? Question. Three times married for answer. So do you see anything wrong with that? Do you hear anything wrong with that answer? like there was a lack of commitment. Yeah. A lack of commitment. I mean, he's married three, four times. <laughs> Where's the commitment? Absolutely. <laughs> no, he was married. Oh, yeah, I mean, he was married four times. Where indeed is the commitment? And so you wonder to yourself, right? What else do you think when you hear that? <laughs> rather frivolous. It's like um, it, if it doesn't suit me, then I'll move on to the next. Yeah, it does, right? That's exactly right. Uh, for some, like love... I mean, we don't really know a lot in that, that scenario because we don't know if it was Ken who was choosing to go or the other, the mate who was choosing to go, but if it's in his decision to go, I would say lack of commitment and frivolity. Mm, that's right. Indeed. I would say the same. I would really say also that uh, the partners might have decided to go because, you know, it's it's a trend for people to uh, move around in, in relationships. However, he was in each one of these relationships which means he had a part in the um, fickleness that was going on. That's what I would always uh, assume. Because I don't think three times you could say that it was totally uh, other people, right? So, right. yeah. Four times. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, pretty much we know it was him. We know he was a part <laughs> of it anyway, right? Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but that's the world we live in. This this uh, idea that, you know, if I get sick and tired of you, I have license to leave you. And sometimes the sick and tired is just that, sick and tired. It isn't even a matter of uh, what God does to to ensure that we're not being abused or misused, right? Um, if a man or a woman commits adultery in a, well, adultery, it... it, it speaks of, of a committed relationship, a uh, contractual or a covenant relationship between two people. So if one walks away because of adultery, then that contract, that covenant has been broken. And uh, the Lord has made, uh, you know, he's given us a, a privilege, uh, as it were, to, to move on in, in that regard. Um, so, our, uh, the discussion brings me to a discussion of love again, love one more time. And we talked about love before, right? Uh, let's talk love, that series that we did. And in, in discussing love, we had to look again or in discussing this one and that, you know, let's talk love. We have to understand what the definition of love is from our faith, from what God has demonstrated and what he has said. Um, so in, in looking back, uh, I looked at Jeremiah 31, three, it came to me right away when the Lord is talking to Israel and Israel had been 
very adulterous. They had sought other gods, even after all the goodness that God had shown them, you know, the deliverance that he had given them. They just couldn't hold it together. But he comes back and he said to them, uh, Jeremiah quotes, I'm quoting Jeremiah who said this. He said in chapter 31, verse 3, the Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yes, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn thee to myself. It's such a beautiful scripture. Such a beautiful scripture, right? And when you hear it, what word stands out most prominently in Jeremiah's statement there about God's love? Which one to you? I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Mm-hmm. But what is there one word that you hear very strongly in that? Everlasting. Absolutely. Everlasting. Everlasting means never-ending. Never-ending. That's right. Everlasting means always. Um, everlasting means for ever and eternity. Right. And God has given us an opportunity to be with him forever because he loves us with an everlasting love. And um, so thank you. That is exactly what I hear. And then the uh, the other word that makes so it just draws me in and it just makes me so uh, aware of how wonderful it is to know the love of God is the word loving kindness. Loving kindness. It is God's loving kindness to us is one that is without harsh uh, retribution. He doesn't turn on us with, you know, um, the whip, so to speak. He does not um, disdain us. You know, he doesn't turn away. It is his loving kindness that draws us to him. And that's what uh, Jesus Christ demonstrated when he came. He was tenderly um, associated. When we read the Gospel of John, reading that Gospel and hearing that Gospel as the Lord led me to listen to it, I heard the tenderness, the loving kindness, the care, the constancy of God through Jesus Christ reaching his own creation who had and has turned against him and ceases to recognize his goodness. But the the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. See, we didn't wake up every day. If we didn't, if he didn't hold us through the trials and tribulations of life, we would never be able to finally drop to our knees or cry out for the forgiveness that he is so willing to bestow on us. Everlasting love, tender, loving kindness. That's good. I thank God for it, right? And (laughs) what'd you say? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes. For unfailing love, 
and, and oh, it is unfailing and it is I, I didn't hear the other words you said unfailing love and unwavering unwavering that is really good that's right that's a great one too Gabs because it doesn't waver he doesn't you know he, he's not, it's not wishy-washy love right yeah it's steadfast it is and it's there for the long haul there you go right that's right whether I am good or not (laughs) his love abounds towards us all and so when Jesus Christ walked he demonstrated how we should love God by his loving God. He doesn't talk about it a whole bunch. He does once uh, tell us, let's see, where is it? It's in in the book, it's in the Gospel of John that I have the, the reference that Jesus Christ says, John 14, verse 23. He's talking uh, to a gentleman, someone there. He says, um, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. We will come and make our abode with him. And then in verse 31, he says, but that the world may know that I love the father. And as the father gave me commandment, even so I do. Now that too is very significant. Even so, because earlier he says um, to to his disciples or to the people he's talking to, I'm sorry, I just took the quote. I didn't really, um, you know, read the whole thing. So, so I don't know. Let me, I can't even see it on my own page. He says, <laughs> he also says, um, if a man love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, verse 15. Right. So several times Jesus tells us that he's doing what the father told him to do. So we know that he's keeping his commandment. He is actually in obedience to God by doing what God has told him to do. Now, you know, we're not we're not nearly to be uh, compared with the power that Jesus possessed in that he was God in the flesh, um, in the in the flesh of a man to fulfill the necessary requirement to pay the price for our sins. That debt had to be paid by one who was the debtor, you know, I mean, the uh or the transgressor. So Jesus Christ became a man. Everything after his own kind, that's that's another discussion. But he did it. And he did it through obedience to God. So then we say that we love him. We say that we love the Lord, right? And yet, if we look deeply in our actions, we may find that there is a gaping hole in our love because we may not actually be obedient to the Lord in all ways. It's good, however, that we started with that scripture, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. 
and with loving kindness I have drawn thee to myself. It is also that the goodness of God leads us to repentance because he doesn't wipe us out, because he does not condemn us, uh, and he doesn't, uh, you know, he does judge us. I'm sorry, I, I just have a, a real problem with saying we are not to judge because we, to judge a thing is really to, to see if it's in or out, you know, right or wrong or or to see what its, yeah, its value is. But uh, God doesn't judge us to condemnation. And that is a beautiful thing. Hi there, Sharice. We're just chatting. You could join us if you want to, because we are not going to chat very long. And there are just the three of us here. So if you send an invitation to uh, become a part of the um, the host up here, I will certainly welcome you in. So we're just discussing a question that I heard and um, responding. So the question was, have you ever been in love? I was watching a little sitcom on TV and I heard this question from one young guy to an older gentleman. Have you ever been in love? He asked. And the older gentleman says three times, married four and when I heard it, for some reason, my ear just really heard that. So I chuckled and I thought, that what's wrong with that answer? What's wrong with that answer? Now, we know that these sitcoms, you know, they're not trying to uh, highlight a relationship with the Lord, nor are they the people, the characters in the stories, uh, in most of the stories, anyway, these little sitcoms. They are not being... Um, <laughs> oh, you don't know how to do it? I'm sorry. I don't know either how to tell you. But you can simply send Gabs. Would you tell Sharice how to um, request? Well, at the bottom of my screen, there was a telephone yes. receiver. Mm -hmm. And I just sent that. Mm -hmm. And then um, the, the pop-up at the top of the screen, once I do that, it rings to you. Right. And I can either accept it or cancel it. Okay. So, Sharice, if you look for the phone icon at the bottom of your screen, you it, it, I used to have one, but I don't have it anymore. It's to the right. It used to be in the right corner. Oh, right, there we go. Yeah. Okay. So, I sent you an invitation so you can come sit up. And, and we don't kind of know. Very good. Look at that. We got it. Glory. Yay. Yay, indeed. <laughs> I love it. So, so Sharice, we're going to uh, let you answer that question. What's wrong with the man's answer? Okay, so can you give me more information about the man? Say it again. That's it. That's all we got. He, the younger man asked the older man, have you ever been in love? And the older man says, three times married four. So when I heard it, I thought, well, that was not the right answer. What's wrong with his answer? What's wrong with his answer? <laughs> so he was, he was in love three times and he, he was married four times. Yes. Um, I think I probably know that answer way too well um, <laughs> um, that you could literally marry someone that you're not necessarily in love with. And so maybe that fourth person was uh, maybe 
and I think sometimes it's like, how do we define in love? Mm-hmm. And so he didn't understand. Um, he didn't understand that there were maybe perhaps different ways to love and, and, or he definitely didn't feel like that fourth person was a person that he did love, mm. um, but did marry. See, yes. And, um, I like that very much. Cause guess what Gabs and I were saying? We, d- we don't have enough information to really know if he loved someone before the person he married or if the fourth person well if that oh lord I don't even know how to say it if the last one was the one you know was the charm as we say you know three's a charm for well, for him maybe four was a charm we just don't know um, or the or ingeniously the fourth person could have been like God because he's a part of should be a part of the marriage so I don't know. Yes, we don't know. And and that's another thing that we highlighted. We don't know the, the beyond the characters being presented in that very shallow light. We have no background on it. You know, it was just a moment in this story and he was not the focus he was not the focus of the um plot. You know, he was just a person, uh, you know, a character pulled in to make this particular point for this young guy and to um, encourage the young guy in his quest for the woman that he has now fallen in love with. But I, I like the fact that you also mentioned in love. What what are we saying? Gabs and I just started to talk about that. What are we saying when we say we're in love? So funny, I, I read uh, for one of my students today, a young lady who is delightful, but she is, she's delightful. There's no but to it. She's very delightful and she's very quick and witty, right? And uh, so I was trying to explain to her the use of this uh, coordinating, the, uh, sub, uh, what is it called? Oh, subordinating conjunction. I'm sorry, subordinating conjunction. It, so, she, you know, and how we use that to create, um, uh, complex senses, right? So she she kind of picked up on most of them, but she couldn't get this uh, wherever or where. She couldn't make a sentence. She just couldn't get it in the right place. And as I was teaching her, uh, Ruth's words came to my mind, right? Where, whither thou goest, I shall go. And whither thou lodgest, I shall lodge, right? So I read it to her and then I told her, as I was reading, I said, you know, you really should read this book. This is such a wonderful love story. Um, it's a, and it is a full love story. It isn't just about a woman trying to attract a man or a man uh, trying to get to a woman. It is about the sacrifice that love brings when it is true. And so wherever you go, I will go. She leaves her home and she follows Naomi, love. And then whatever, whoever your God is, he's going to be my God. And wherever you live, I'm going to live. Good evening, Reams. You can invite yourself up to talk with us if you like. And I just hope that the cyber interference won't be wild and crazy. Um, but we can just talk together tonight. So, so she got it, right? And she told me she was going to read the story. I don't know if she will or not, but anyway, it's not a requirement, whatever. But that that story of all 
that I could reference in the Bible to me is clear when we're talking about our ability to love as God has instilled in us his spirit so that we can love him. And so what is it when we say we are in love? Oh my goodness. I think it's the worst phrase that we can teach our children with regards to, you know, finding a mate in life. I just think it's a wrong way. And yet, you know, I haven't come up with a better way, but we involve our emotional response to things so much more than I believe we should. Um, and our attraction, our physical attraction to someone so much more than it, it its value um, holds, right? So you can just jump in whenever you like. I'm just thinking. Yes. Yeah. I think for the longest, I would always describe it as a choice. Um, I guess because I had come to a place where I really didn't understand it, except to know that it meant that I was making a decision of commitment to someone. Mm -hmm. And so that was the best way I described it. I, you know, I think about other countries where love is not an issue when you're in a relationship. It's about your parents. They agreed with someone else that you would be their spouse and, uh, you know, and that's the way it was. And so they chose to stay or love that person. And so that's how I was kind of defining it for myself Mm -hmm. uh, for quite some time. And yeah. Hmm. What do you say, Gab? Learning, learning of God's love has brought me to an understanding mm. that perhaps I never really knew how to love. Yeah. Like, I thought I, I, thought I loved the man I married, but I was not willing to live with his shortcomings and his failing shortfalls. So I was not clear about the love God has for us, his people. And then, of course, uh, growing and maturing in God's word has helped me understand that, yeah, we love, it's a choice. And we okay, remember to stay right in your mic, Gabs. Remember to stay very close I'm to the mic. the mic. Okay, all righty. And uh, it's, it's a choice, and that now that I'm maturing in God's word, I I see and I recognize um, that growing up in the word has helped me to understand that I can see my own depravity and my own need and my own short comings and my own shortfalls and that way I can put myself in the other person's place and and therein there's some understanding that comes with that so I've I don't think I've ever really been in love as what the world says we are in love 
So now that I'm older, I can see that it's truly a commitment. It's truly the effort to live out the the instructions that God has written for us in terms of not seeking my own self in the midst of this commit committed relationship, but I'm seeking to support, uphold, and help that other person, my counterpart. So with the guy who says he's loved, been in love three times, married four, perhaps he did not have that understanding because mostly, like you said, we are moving in our that visual uh, attraction and that desire to be with somebody in the moment, but you have not agreed with that person totally to take up whatever their those short shortfalls are. Right. You are really in love? Are you really? If you can give it up so easily, if you've not really committed, can you, are you really in love? That's the question. So in a society, right, that is not really focused on, well, on God, you know, or on any of that that you just described, I'm believing that in love really is attracted to and that um, these attract, if you're only attracted to someone for in, in those first um, moments that you know them and for as long as the relationship is very pleasant and everything is going very well, you're getting along and you're laughing and having a good time, that it cannot really last because it never really was love. So um, the the uh, reference that Sharice brings us from other uh, cultures is a good one. And so I, I used to go to a conference center in North Carolina, and the, the woman, I so admired her, I really did. I mean, she just had a love for the Lord that I, I envied, really, I guess, on some level, right? But she said that the Lord told her that what we feel about love and intimacy is like it, it could be compared to a child riding a tricycle. You know, you got the all three legs under you, so you don't have to worry about falling over. <laughs> and I, I just have never forgotten her saying that. I've never forgotten about that. Sharice, you are muted. I, I muted us uh, while Gabby was talking so that we could get the best reception so you can unmute whenever you want to speak. So anyway, that that's just the, the way I... Um, I feel, you know, I, I, she kind of shaped my mind. Of course, I was already married, you know, but I have to tell you that the person that I would, would have said that I was in love with uh, died, right? So the, the husband that I married, it wasn't that kind of cockeyed, wide open kind of, you know, um, feeling for that person that was more of a 
a mind attraction. It was more, you know, the um, sort of an intellectual thing. I was impressed with the way the person thinks more than I was anything else. It wasn't about laughing and having fun and all that stuff. So both of you have really touched on how how we don't kind of really perceive love when we think we are in love. And I really like that. Welcome to Lady V. Uh, we are talking about a wrong response. We The question is, have you ever been in love? I heard it on a sitcom. The answer was... Three times married four. At which point I said to myself, something is wrong with that answer. What is wrong with that answer? So that was the title tonight. What is wrong with that answer? What's wrong with that, right? And we already referenced Jeremiah 31.3. Because when we talk about love as Christian people, as people born again of the Spirit of God, we have to define it as God has revealed its definition to us. And he did so in in Jesus Christ. It, cu- it culminated in Jesus, but it really starts in Genesis. When uh, the uh, Adam and Eve fall, God had already warned them that they would not live if they transgressed in such a way as they did, but they did it. They disobeyed. And love has to have obedience attached to it. Otherwise, it cannot be love. You cannot love someone that you cannot obey. You cannot love someone that you're not willing to hear and follow. And now, you know what, two guys, I want you to think on these things. Men, we've heard in that, especially you younger guys, right? You know, I didn't come up with this, but I, I came into this when I was about, I don't know, late 20s, uh, 30s, right? And I was already married. That the man is head of the household. The man is head of the woman. So they started preaching this stuff, you know, and not being not unequally yoked. But I never heard that in my upbringing. I never heard my mother say it. I never heard my father say it. And yet, here it is. And so a lot of young people started getting married based on those uh, preachings, those teachings that were coming out. And I saw the crumble of so many marriages in that. So I began to contemplate that this is God's word. They, they were quoting word, you know, when it was written. Uh, I'm going to quote one of them if I can see it on my page. And I don't remember the addresses of much of anything. But um, so it is written in the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ has loved the church. Uh, verse 23 says, for the husband is head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. So they started quoting this, you know, and they're teaching it, teaching it, teaching it. So I kept reading it, reading it and thinking and praying. I'm saying, Lord, mm, something is just something is wrong with that because these marriages are falling to pieces. You know, they really are not lasting. And so I kept studying and I kept reading. And this is the part I just told my friend about this. He, you know, he's a pastor. Um, it does say that. It really does say that. But you know what else it says? Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives 
as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. Now I said, now you know what? If a man reads that and he misses that his portion, his part in a relationship is to uphold and to be constant and to speak as Jesus Christ or God spoke through Jeremiah to Israel. I have loved thee with what gaps was the word that we both hit on? Everlasting love. With an everlasting love. And again, with loving kindness, I have drawn thee to myself. So men used to call good men good husbands. They would call them henpecked. I don't know if you lived through that, but I did. That's what I lived through, right? If a man was committed to his wife and his family, and if a man was uh, submitting himself to her, as the Bible tells him he ought to, he tells us that we should submit ourselves one to another, right? Then they call that man henpecked. But my brother-in-law, who was uh, killed early on, my sister's husband, he died when she was she was actually she had just been, um, you know, found out she was pregnant with this his third child, and uh, he said the guys were telling him he was henpecked. I loved Jerome. He wasn't henpecked by any stretch of the imagination, but he said when they said that, he told him, "I'm not henpecked." I've just got chicken house ways. I will never forget that. <laughs> I like I to be it. home. I, I do. <laughs> I've just got chicken house ways. And let me tell you, the rest of that, women reverence your husband comes to pass. See, because Sue revered her husband. She loved her home. And she gave herself to this man in such a way that he would be always, you know, respected and honored by the way she responded to him. And so when we are thinking of, um, of our, <laughs> our being in love, I think we should really reconsider, as Sharice is saying, what are you saying when you say you're in love? And we should really pull it apart and, um, and figure some things out. And then men should definitely read the whole book of Ephesians and then the Gospels and see how (laughs) Jesus Christ responded to God and how in being the head of the church, Jesus Christ makes sure that the church is presented before God without spot or wrinkle, without blemish. So he's given himself continuously. He's interceding for us. He is forgiving us. He is guiding us with righteousness. He is taking care of us. He is tenderly caring for us. And he is caring for our every care. I tell you, it can get very, very deep and very very specific if we spend time meditating on it. And when we fall short in our, you know, devotion to God, we will fall short in our devotion to everything and everyone. But when we love the Lord and are in obedience to him and somebody 
uh, pokes at us the way they did, Jerome will say, we're not henpecked. We just have chicken house ways. (laughs) I do love it myself. We are not ridiculous. You know, we're not the, like the guy thought he was going to, he was poking at me in my, he was in my car. I'm taking him somewhere. He goes, you know, those super Christians out there, they just act this, that way. And so I said, well, I'm a super Christian. You know what I mean? I, you can call me a super Christian if you want to, because you, know, I, you know, I, I want to be, proud of it. I want to be even more so, absolutely not, you know, not proud of it, and and I'm not bragging. I'm simply saying that I am committed. I yeah, uh, I'm committed, but we hide behind the cliches of the world and we make jokes in ways that will not get us too close to being, you know, in Christ. And so uh, that's what he was trying to do, make me back up. And I and I told him, don't play around. Just be who you are. You don't have to, you know, wiggle your way out of the position of, if that's who you are, be that and be very committed to it. Jesus, well, says, it is written in the word that if we are lukewarm, God said it actually is in the revelation, he will spew us out of our, out of his mouth. Yeah. So we need to be super or very much nothing at all when it comes to God. So guys, you have any last words on that? I think that just kind of covers it. What do you say? Oh, I think it's beautiful that we've come to some understanding about it because I don't want to just love somebody while they please me. I want to love them even if they're not. Like, you know, I'm not good all the time, but God still loves me. Yes. So when I make the commitment to marry and to be a partner with this person, I don't want just because things start to get bad or not going my way to give way, give in to it and go away. Break my commitment. Good. Very good. And Sharice? I I think that's a really good understanding of of the way it should be. Um and but to realize that there are certain boundaries there as well. Um yes, we want to be totally committed and uh to someone Except for in times when there are, are I guess, you know, as you were reading about, uh, you know, what that man should be like, mm-hmm. uh, according to the word of God, if he's doing things uh, that's outside of that, mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily like, you know, you know, in our own like feeble thoughts, but literally something that would cause destruction to your children or to your, to yourself or even him, uh, you know, something illegal even, um, that we, we still, yes, can love them, but maybe from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to think about all those things too. Yeah. They must be considered. And I think you weren't probably weren't here. Gabs and I covered a little bit of ground before you came in, but we mm-hmm. also gave, um, uh, g- gave attention to the fact that 
um, God, he, he gave um, the freedom you in, in certain situations, whether mainly he talks about adultery, right? And adultery can be uh, definitely grounds for, but as you have also pointed out, I think abuse of any kind uh, that is um, not keeping. So it's a high calling. That's why the, 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 this, the, the idea that the Lord still loves us, you know, we go through things and we have to make decisions that are tough sometimes. And um, you're right. Because in a marriage, you are now focused on more than just yourself. Once the children come, you're focused on the children as well. And you're focused on peace. And if the husband or the wife is not matured in this that we're talking about, it is not achieved. It, it will not bring peace within the, you know, the walls. So yeah, where it is, it's not, um, it's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy discussion. It's not an easy position either. Marriage is not easy, which is why I think that when I married, um, Tad, you know, my husband, it was more based on his intellect, on his, ability to reason. That's what I saw. And I knew he was very different from any person that I had ever been attracted to. But even in that, you know, the the first years went really wonderful. They were great. But we also had our moments of um, impact, you know, <laughs> like, whoa, what do you call collision? <laughs> We collided many times. <laughs> I think it's very, yes. that's a part of it. <laughs> it is a part. However, I have to give him a lot of credit because when I would say I'm leaving, he would say, or I said, we just need to get out of here. Uh, he would say divorce is not an option. And because of that, you know, I had a, I had a glue. That kind of helped me, and I was trying to live, you know, and please the Lord, too. So it just kind of helped me to stay. Um, but there were times when I, you know, and, and I, I, I'm i not using myself because I think mine was great. I don't. I have uh, met other couples that I thought did a much better job at, at showing this relationship of Christ and his church. See, I see it as a very spiritual communion, and therefore, yeah, um, but it is... It wasn't easy for Jesus Christ to go to that cross, but he did go, right? And, and he did keep the integrity of God in the flesh. It was not easy, but he did it. And in that we are growing more like him. It gets not, it, it's never easy, but it sure does become a part of your nature to obey and to do what the Lord um has instilled in you to do and empowered you by the spirit or us to do so we can accomplish something of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's good. It's very good. You ladies, thank you. You have been so good at this. You know, you're always so good at it. You make it so much fun and and you make it easy. So thanks so much. And for those of you who've come into the studio to join us, 
uh, we really do appreciate that as well. God bless you so much. Um, as I say before, I, I was listening to a podcast that I had done, and, and I hope every one of you who participate in the podcast will go back and listen to yourself on the podcast because you would be amazed at what the Holy Spirit does through you. So I'm listening to this podcast, and in the podcast, I explained uh, to me one of the best ways to understand true fellowship, and that is as my good friend, Roger, my French friend, he was my professor, but he was also quite a good cook. I would call him a chef of, he was good at, at French cuisine. With Roger, I ate all kinds of wonderful French dishes. And, well, I didn't eat the snails, but he did make escargot one. He was, I told him that was a bit far from me, but nonetheless. <laughs> I can't even think about eating a snail. And yet I made conch. I ate conch and I didn't know I was eating conch. And I just, the next day I wanted to really get rid of it. But nonetheless, it was a delectably delicious meal, right? Oh, oh. Oh, so anyway, at Rogers, we would uh, go, go to dinner at six. Generally, you know, we would arrive at six. You could never go to Rogers house for dinner without taking something. You had to take a flower or, 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 or some wine or some soda you had to take something right that was the that's the culture you never arrive without bearing something for the host and then they in their way you just spread this amazing meal and the meal would go on through the evening uh yeah i would never get home from roger's dinner until maybe 2 2 30 in the morning so you know uh you would have really had a wonderful evening and it was it was uh an evening filled with the exchange of of um laughter and discussion he would show us uh his music collection he would play some of that old old jazz and talk about french <clears throat> culture you know, it was his experience as we had grown up and it was just a wonderful evening. He wanted to know about you and about what you were doing, what you like. I mean, it was a wonderful evening with Roger and uh, Roger. I'm sorry. I never called him Roger to his face, but um <clears throat> that's what fellowship is. And when we do that, we learn so much about each other and we actually begin to unburden ourselves because we are in places that are very safe and we are with people of the same mind and in the midst is our father and we are having a wonderful evening and uh, so that's how I feel when I come to the podcast and you guys participate it's uh, all you know the way you participate is so good even when you're in the chat and you just send it back uh, notes I am so blessed and so grateful and therefore, I thank you. And we always end with this wonderful music. This evening's, yeah, thank you very much. And I do pray that somebody can hear you, Gabs, because I'm telling you, Sharice, could you hear her well? Her voice was low. I just kind of turned my volume up and okay. I, I listened really carefully. I could hear her, okay. but it was low. Okay. And... But it it seems that Reams is saying that maybe both of our voices are low, but I'm not sure about that. Okay. So guess what we're going to do? 
So everybody that I'm going to give everybody a, a, a mic and a, and a, a, an amplifier. Somehow God is going to provide this because today during this week, I just pained over this audio quality. It is bothering me now really a lot. And uh, we've had so, so many donations that I might be able to afford to do that so that everyone is very well heard. I appreciate it. But we always remember to wear our uh, headphones right. And if we can work on a, on a, anyway, I'll fix all that. God bless you. We have dined at a table set with the delicacies of only our father, that only our father could make. So I praise and thank him for that. Sounds like another podcast and evening with Roger. <laughs> yes, he should. I should do that, Reeves. You are right. Maybe he'll say, who, yeah, I'll bring Rachel on to help me out in honor. Enjoy the discussion. Couldn't really hear the ladies very well, but follow the discussion through your comments, Sister Phil. Okie dokie. Absolutely. And Lady V, if she stayed in, I'm so glad to have you. It's the first time I've seen that name in. I want you to come again. And remember, in this podcast, you can always share your thoughts, your responses, your opinions. I welcome them always. May our God bless you. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Light Touch. Thank you, Shreese B. God bless I am so excited. Thanks, Wing, for being here. And, ladies, we have a really good rest of the night. God willing, I'll see you next time. All righty.